Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. After a week of good feelings, the Packers are snapped back to reality by the Titans. The week before Thanksgiving is giving us plenty of good football. And we look at why you want Kirk Cousins over Dak Prescott to go win you a game this year. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Tennessee Titans might have just put in the Green Bay Packers out of their misery. 27 to 17, they get a win at Lambeau Field, snowy Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. Not what it used to be, Tyler Rowland, host of right. Locked On Titans, who joins me now. And and Tyler, we thought this was going to be a game of, of two running games, Aaron Jones versus Derrick Henry. Of course, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry is the king. 28 <laughs> carries, 87 yards, three yards, and a cloud of dust. But it was Ryan Tannehill who had 333 yards in this game, 22 of 27, and two touchdowns. Who was mm-hmm. that quarterback, and what did he do with Ryan Tannehill? I mean, it, it was impressive stuff. And, I mean, we've seen Tannehill play this way in the past. Titans fans will remember the Arthur Smith-led years. And, of course, Arthur Smith turned Ryan Tannehill's career around so drastically, it got him a head coaching gig. So, uh, we've seen Tannehill do this before, but it's been quite some time. And with the cast of characters they have at wide receiver and the offensive line, not only as it was, but missing starting center Ben Jones, the best lineman on the team. It was just a really tough spot going into Lambeau for Tannehill to play even decent. And not only did he play decent, Tannehill played incredible. And he outshined Aaron Rodgers by a wide margin on Aaron Rodgers' turf with the season essentially on the line. Everything about the situation was in the Packers' favor in terms of home field, short week, Thursday night football, prime time, and and Tannehill came out and, and just balled out, spread the ball around, and, and made big plays. It, it was pretty impressive to watch. If I had told you going into this game, Derrick Henry would have 28 carries for 87 yards, Christian Watson would catch two touchdowns, and the Packers' special teams wouldn't totally biff it, <laughs> what, what would you have told me? Because you probably wouldn't have said the Titans win by 10, right? No, I would have said 24-17, which was my prediction that the Packers would win anyway. That's, On our crossover show. Right. Some, some of the things did play out similarly as to kind of what I was expecting. But, I mean, the Titans were able to get the stop on fourth down. They were able to get a turnover. So, some of the things just kind of took momentum away from the Pack- The Titans' pass rush. You know, add to it, the Titans' pass rush really wasn't super effective. In this game, only one sack with Danico Autry going out and missing Bud Dupree already. Simmons on a bad ankle. So uh, a lot of the things that you would typically see from the Titans didn't happen. The run game, the pass rush. But we just circle back to not only Ryan Tannehill, but you got to give credit to Todd Downing. He's been the most wanted. He was brilliant. With the Titans fan base. And, And he showed out in this game. He ran schemed up plays for Burks. He got Derrick Henry going in creative ways, throwing the ball in the red zone, dialing up play action on early downs when that's not something they typically do. I mean, Todd Downing really, really let it all hang out here in this game, and it was coincidentally the, the highest scoring performance the Titans have put up all year. Against the Packers, of course. That's what Joe Barry does. Um, because I host Locked on Packers, um, I don't get to do these, so I get to set you up to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what to your eye as an outsider, as, as 
scouting from the opponent's standpoint, did you think was the biggest thing that cost the Packers in this game? I, th- I think if you if you have to be honest about it, of course there are things on defense that they cl- could have cleaned up. But if you're the Packers, you got to expect more out of your offense. The Titans aren't getting any pass rush whatsoever. They're decimated in the secondary with practice squad guys like Terrence Mitchell and Trey Avery. They're playing backups to the backups. Greg Maben. Yeah, they're on their sixth, seventh cornerback out there with their third, fourth safety. And Josh Kalou got beat on the touchdown to Watson on the crosser in the red zone. He is not a good coverage player. And I come back to this, Kalou, a good segue. At the end of the game, the Titans drop back and cover to invert. Joshua Kalou is over the middle of the field trying to take away that vulnerable hole in the middle of the field against cover two. Wide receivers wide open. Rodgers misses him. On the last drive, Rodgers has a guy wide open in man coverage. Lazard crossing the field. I think he goes for a touchdown if the ball is complete. And it's an inaccurate pass. At the end of the day, the Packers had a chance to to stay in this game and get back in this game and win this game. And it felt like in the big moments when you would typically see the back-to-back MVP make the play, it was his fault alone with an open receiver and time in the pocket. Inaccurate passes that weren't even close. It was quite shocking to see. You said it, Tyler, not me for once, uh, which which um, Packer fans may or may not like, uh, but but I appreciate you coming on and, and telling the truth. Yes, tell the truth. <laughs> Stay up to date all year on the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today, Locked On Titans, and of course, Locked On Packers, my show, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, lots of good football on tap this Sunday, and we will highlight a few matchups after we take a look at what's going on with the snowstorm in Buffalo. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. There are a few home underdogs to watch out for this Sunday. The Indianapolis Colts host the Philadelphia Eagles after their first loss of the season. Bet Online likes the road team to bounce back and has the Colts six and a half point underdogs. The Houston Texans host the team that beat the Eagles. Bet Online likes the Washington Commanders on the road by three points. And in the afternoon, the Cincinnati Bengals travel to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, throw out the record books in the rivalry spot. Bet online likes the Bengals by four. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. They won't be diving onto tables in Buffalo this week because the NFL has decided to move Browns Bills to Detroit. Also, the Lions asked if they could return their tables unharmed, please. This decision happened because of the impending mountain of snowfall that is forecast for the Buffalo area. The area is expected to get multiple feet. Yes, multiple feet of snow over the course of Thursday night through Saturday night with thunder, thunder snow, and other inclement conditions also expected. Let me say this again. Thunder snow. League spokesperson Brian McCarthy confirmed that the move had nothing to do with the Bills Stadium being an outdoor facility without a dome and said that the priority is that resources not be diverted from the community. The team had a major snow game in Orchard Park in 2017. The Bills beat the Colts in overtime, 13 to seven. The Philadelphia Eagles are not satisfied. The Eagles made another move to improve their defense on Thursday by signing defensive tackle and Dominican Sue to a one-year deal. The 35-year-old Sue played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season, started all 17 regular season games, finishing with six sacks, seven tackles for loss, and 13 quarterback hits. 
General Manager Howie Roseman has aggressively responded to a pair of injuries along the defensive interior, and the run defense has been having issues in Jordan Davis's absence, building 320 yards and two touchdowns on the ground the past two weeks. The Washington Commanders cannot Repeat, cannot stay out of trouble. The District of Columbia's Attorney General on Thursday filed the second lawsuit against the Commanders. The suit alleges the team has cheated its residents out of hundreds of thousands of dollars in unreturned security deposits for season ticket holders. In a statement, the Attorney General's office said Commanders executives engaged in egregious mismanagement and illegal conduct. The latest lawsuit alleges the team has held on to potential refunds to season ticket holders whose contracts with the team had expired and claims the team still holds nearly $200,000 in unreturned security deposits paid by DC residents. The Fritz Pollard Alliance, an organization whose mission is to champion diversity in the NFL, wants to take a closer look at the Indianapolis Colts' hiring of interim head coach Jeff Saturday. The organization released a statement Thursday reading, in light of the recent interim head coaching hire in Indianapolis, the FPA has initiated an inquiry with the NFL into whether this hiring process conformed with NFL hiring guidelines for naming an interim head coach. League spokesperson Brian McCarthy, busy guy this week, told ESPN after Saturday was named to the position on November 7th that interim head coach appointments are not subject to the Rooney rule, which requires NFL teams to interview at least two minority candidates for head coaching positions. McCarthy said the team will be required to conduct a search that complies with the Rooney Rule after the season when seeking to make a permanent hire. And on the hardwood, the Brooklyn Nets traveled out west to face the upstart Portland Trailblazers. Wow. Not much else to say about this one other than wow. An absolutely epic finish for the Brooklyn Nets as they close out their West Coast swing. I'm Adam Armick with the Locked On Nets podcast, and man, this team has been through the ringer of late. And yet, to close out a four-game West Coast swing after losing to the Lakers, losing to the Kings, not knowing what comes next for this franchise, they have a barn burner. They go wire to wire, toe to toe with the Portland Trailblazers team that has had a lot of success this year. And in the closing moments, when it matters most, guess what? Ben Simmons knocks down free throws as they try to hack a Ben. Kevin Durant misses shots and free throws, but it ends up being the clutch three-point shot from Yuta Watanabe and the key tip-in play from one Royce O'Neal who finished this game with a triple-double. The supporting cast, the team effort from the Brooklyn Nets is what brought this one home in the end, and hopefully it's the start of a trend of this team playing like a team and finding a way to get more wins. We're going to break it all down, out of breath and excited on the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Here is another story you need to know. The Atlanta Falcons are reeling. Once the top of the NFC South, now they hope to just get a win against the Chicago Bears team that doesn't look like much of a cupcake as it did a few weeks ago. Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman has Atlanta's key to a win. Slowing down Justin Fields' legs is the key to victory for the Falcons in Week 11. I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons. This week, the Falcons face Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who's gashed teams all season long uh, to the tune of 749 yards rushing, ranking six in the NFL. And the Falcons haven't faced a running quarterback of Fields' ilk 
thus far this season and struggled to handle mobile quarterbacks a year ago. They did give up 81 yards rushing on four carries to Saints hybrid player Taysom Hill in week one. And they're going to have to do better than that if they stand a chance of slowing down fields in this Bears offense with embraced fields running ability the last four weeks, averaging 31 points per game and fields has racked up nearly 500 yards rushing and five rushing to- touchdowns uh, in that four game span. The Falcons will count on the athleticism of linebackers like Troy Anderson and Michael Walker to slow down fields this weekend. Will it be enough? We'll find out Sunday and we'll have you covered all week long until then here on Locked On Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Los Angeles Rams seem pretty listless, but so do the New Orleans Saints. Will anyone actually win this game? Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson has some thoughts as to how New Orleans can get right. It's time to feed Taysom Hill. I'm Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast with New Orleans Saints Want to get a win at home against the Los Angeles Rams, give themselves a little bit of life, instill a little bit more confidence in that roster. They're going to have to feed Taysom Hill. Listen, the New Orleans Saints have already have already said that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. Andy Dalton might be the starter, but Taysom Hill needs to be the star. He has to be the feature of this offense on Sunday. You want to stay away from the Los Angeles Rams defensive interior because of Aaron Donald, then that means you're going to have to win around the edge, and nobody does it. Nobody on this New Orleans Saints roster wins the edge like Taysom. So it's time to toot toot and ride the chain train all the way to a hopeful victory for the New Orleans Saints as they look to show a little bit of life here late in the 2022 NFL season. For more on this matchup, the New Orleans Saints, and even already starting to turn the page to the offseason a little bit, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Saints podcast, free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the New York Giants are playing what amounts to the closest thing you can get to a trap game in the NFL. The Lions are bad, and the Cowboys are on deck. Locked on Giants host Patricia Trena has some thoughts as to how the G-men can avoid the trap. Hi, everybody. Patricia Trena reporting. And if there was ever a trap game on the Giants' schedule, this weekend's clash at MetLife Stadium is it. The 7-2 Giants play the Lions at home, and then a mere four days later, they'll be in Arlington, Texas, to face the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day a rematch, if you will, of their week three game that the Giants let slip away in the fourth quarter. But more importantly, that Cowboys game is the start of a five-game streak against NFC East opponents that could influence the final pecking order in the division as well as have playoff implications. But still, before the Giants can even think about that game or any of their NFC East games that are coming up, they have to deal with the Detroit Lions. This is a team that has been gritty, that has been tough, and has stood up to the challenges of that cl- of the classic backyard brawls. Giants head coach Brian Dable is no doubt aware that this is a potential trap game, and he has no doubt been drilling home the point to his players that they cannot overlook the Lions, that this Lions team is a formidable opponent, and they are an opponent that is very, very dangerous. If the Giant players listen and buy in, the game should be a classic one, given the tenor of both the Giants and the Lions coaching staffs. But if the Giants make the mistake of viewing the Lions as a patsy, then it could make for a long afternoon at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Coming up, why you want Kirk Cousins, not Dak Prescott, to go win you a game this year. 
Kirk Cousins has had a roller coaster career. This year, however, he's looked good. Just went into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen. Meanwhile, his opponent this week, Dak Prescott, has struggled through injuries and looks like he may be losing a step or two. Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman from Superior Sports Talk on Locked On Sports Minnesota feel as though Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback of the two. If we're looking at stats this year, I think I got to go with my guy Kirko. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I think, and, and the proof is in the pudding, you know, seven straight wins. He's helped bring them back with some amazing throws. We talked about it yesterday. He has some outstanding throws. And with the game on the line, he's been clutch. If you go back to last season, you know, they lost a lot of those games, uh, one score, one possession mm-hmm. games. They lost those. But it, it's it's really interesting to see, like I said, based on how we saw things play out last year. But, hey, if you gave me one game, these these two guys going head-to-head, I wanted one of those guys. Kind of crazy to say, before the season, maybe I don't do this. Mm-hmm. But with how things have played out this year, I go Kirko. Here's the deal. The answer in the who is better, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, is it doesn't matter because if either of those guys is your quarterback, chances are you're not winning a Super Bowl. That's just the reality. Neither of those guys has shown any reason for us to trust them in big games, in postseason games, on the road, in big matchups. There is a meme of Kirk Cousins, a running joke about Kirk Cousins in primetime. If you have a running joke about your inability to play well or win after the noon central, one o'clock Eastern time slot, you are not a quarterback who I am making the case over anyone, even if, yeah, sure, there are probably 25 other quarterbacks who are not as good as Kirk Cousins, but I just like don't care because arguing about Kirk Cousins versus Dak Prescott is irrelevant because when you want to win a Super Bowl, neither is your guy. Kirk Cousins' teams, because quarterback wins are not a stat, Kirk Cousins' teams have won 10 of 50 games against opponents with winning records. They are 10 and 40 with Kirk Cousins under center against winning teams. You are not going to win a big game in the postseason with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. Now, you're probably not going to with Dak Prescott either, but at least we've seen Dak Prescott in the postseason. At least we've seen his teams have a number one seed. We've seen him play well in the postseason. He played as a rookie, strike for strike with Aaron Rodgers in a game where Aaron Rodgers just did crazy things and won that game. The Cowboys were on their way to a historic comeback and winning that game before Aaron Rodgers snatched it away. Kirk Cousins hasn't shown that. So it just doesn't matter right now because they're not going to outduel Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or any of the other elite quarterbacks in the league. Now, a lot of those quarterbacks right now not playing great football. Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. But you're not touching those top-tier guys. And if you don't have one of those guys, you're probably not going to win consistently. I know Kirk Cousins just beat Josh Allen. That's nice. Kirk, Josh Allen had half an arm and they still really should have won that game. It took Justin Jefferson making an all-time incredible play on fourth and forever 
just to keep their hopes alive. Oh yeah, it really helps to have the best receiver in the league on your team if you're Kirk Cousins too. Can can Dak Prescott have that guy? Because I bet Dak would look pretty good too. And finally, faced with a rematch against the teams that embarrassed him a few weeks ago, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is resolute ahead of his game with the New England Patriots. I thought they were good emotions. I mean, I was frustrated. I still believe that nobody outside of this building knows what they're talking about. I'd say something sarcastic about the Jets and confidence, but remember when we poked fun at Robert Sala keeping receipts? Well, the Jets haven't been that bad this year. Maybe he should have kept those receipts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday's show, what will we learn about the ever foggy playoff picture in the NFL? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.